Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the OG Therapy Podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy. We got the whole band back together. Summer's coming to an end. Everybody was able to jump on the call, so I'm very happy to announce. Got Rojo. Say what's up, Rojo. Yo, what's up? What's up? Got K Scott. What's going on, guys? What's happening? And Mr. JJ himself, Jason Hewlett. Hey, hey, here we are. And every week I'm coming up with a new nickname. Just kind of throwing them up against the wall, see which one <laughs> stick. Got J Money last week, JJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure out the right one for it. It's good. It's just something's gonna come naturally and be like, oh, that's what it is. Right. That's what it is. It's all good. Give everybody you. nicknames. That's how you know you're family when you got nicknames. And you don't get to pick your nicknames, though. That's no. the only thing. You don't sure get to pick not. them. <laughs> if that was the case, I would have changed all my nicknames growing up from my siblings. Right. For real though. I did not like any of those nicknames. They were all uh, I believe meant to hurt me, to be totally honest. Make wow. me insecure. Sure. Oh, hence, hence the reason why I became a therapist. So moving ah. on. <laughs> All right, you guys, we, we got a good question from a teen that came in. And let's go ahead and jump on this question. Uh, Jason, or who wants to read this one off for us? Oh, I was, I was going to take it. Rojo, ahead, I'm, taking ahead, it. I'm taking it. So um, this is another good question. And um, the question is, how do I not get absorbed by social media? Mm. Simple, to the point. Let's talk about it this way. Have you guys ever heard this before that uh, a big issue with addiction, if someone's addicted to anything, um, a big issue with it is accessibility. So if, if something's Ooh. easy to like access, it's going to be harder to uh, break those habits. It's be harder to overcome said addiction or dependency. Um, is social media easy to access, fellas? Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> is it, like, do you have to like, man, where did they put social media? I can't <laughs> find Instagram anywhere. Anywhere. Where did TikTok go? It wasn't Wi-Fi back then. Like, you know, it wasn't so easy access on the street. Like, you know, right. So they made it so easily accessible. It's almost as if they want us to be addicted to it. Mm. Mm. If you gonna say that, you you might as well say what you're thinking about is what pops up on your phone too. But that's another story. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) You having a side conversation with your friend, next thing you know, it's like, man, let's go to in and out Next thing you know, you got in and out ad. You're like, I've never searched for in and out on my phone ever before. <laughs> never. And now they're but showing me happened. animal style. Yeah. Show me double doubles in my feed all of a sudden. <laughs> Let me get a lettuce burger. Exactly. Let me get a protein animal style, right? <laughs> so th- this is, even though we're making light of the question, it's a very serious question for a kid. Cause like, could you imagine, think about it guys. Could you imagine being 14 years old now with these supercomputers in your hands. And I've said this before on a couple other podcasts, but um, one comedian uh, really made me think one time. He was talking, he pulled out his cell phone. He goes, you know what I have here, right here in my hand? And the whole audience was like, what? He's like, all the pornography in the whole entire world. Wow. Right here wow. in this little box. Yep. And I was like, everybody started laughing, but you could tell people like, ha, ha, ha. oh yeah, it's true. Yeah, it was kind of one of those comedian jokes where it really makes you think. And he was like, yeah, that thing's that thing's powerful. So social media 
not getting like getting absorbed by it. I like the way that this kid used the word because most kids would say, how do I not get addicted to social media? But he, he or she, I don't know who said, they said absorbed by it. When I think of the word absorbed by something or when you guys think of the word like absorbed by something, what, what comes to your mind? Just taken over like a bear hug. Like, oof. yeah, right. <laughs> Rojo? And then to me, and then to me as a sponge, like it's just yeah, yeah, filling up. up. Like, yeah, you just, you fall in, in those holes of the sponges. So social media is the sponge and you're Jason, falling you, in. You got teenagers. Yeah. What does absorbed look like? <laughs> All consuming. All consuming. Oh, very. The way you guys depicted it is exactly what I was feeling from it too. Because if you put it in the absorbed category, it's not even something that like you're even able to fight off. Mm -mm. It, it's like you're helpless to it. And if you've ever if you've ever watched the social dilemma, I've only watched it like a hundred times because we show it in my class in high school. And they talk about how they dig deep down in the brainstem and they implant ideas and thoughts. This one guy on the movie, if you guys have you guys all watched it or no? Social Dilemma on Netflix. It. Oh my gosh, dude, you guys gotta watch this. Parents terrifying. This. If terrifying. you haven't watched this, watch it, but don't be surprised if you're freaked out after you're watching it. But they talked about how they're trying to it's it's not about just stealing people's information. It's not about like the, the social media companies like, Hey, how can we steal their information? It's about pattern recognition. What are our patterns? And then on a deeper level, they're trying to plant certain patterns deep down in your brainstem. So they slowly start to manifest themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, one guy on there who, in my opinion, was the smartest guy in the whole entire documentary. His name is Jared Lanier. Uh, he's, if anyone watched it, he's the white dude with dreads. He invented, virtual reality like he's the grandfather of virtual like he's the father of virtual reality, invented the concept the idea and his team was the one that did the first virtual reality stuff out there and he wrote a book 10 arguments to delete your social media accounts immediately mm. and in and in his book and in his interviews he talks about that um when you have this technology that you can sell you're selling certainty to marketing companies Never before in the history of human beings, like you guys have all done radio stuff for local radio, right? Or on TV, local TV stuff. The way local radio and TV would work was they'd buy advertisement, ad space, and then they would tell the people, look how many people we have listening or watching to us. So if you pay for us, you're going to have access to all these people. But it was like still kind of a soft like hope that people are going to buy your pro product. Then they started to see, wow, we can determine with very good accuracy through social media, through the algorithms, what are the people's spending habits? Then they started to say, what would even be better than that is if we could create the habits. And we implanted it deep down their brainstem so they start to manifest the actions we want them to manifest. And that Jaron Lanier guy, he famously says in the documentary, he goes, imagine if someone gave, if someone gave you $10 million dollars to slowly just 1% change the way people think. Because that 1% is 1% of the world. That's humongous. For $10 million, just to nudge people in a little direction that you want them to go, because people would pay so much money for that. And that's what's been happening, is they want that reassurance that before they even pay for an ad, they know that the social media company has been doing the background work to make sure that the people who are looking at the ads aren't just being, they're not just guessing what their behaviors are, they're creating the behaviors up front. So having said that, let's answer this young person's question. What are some thoughts and ideas you guys have that could help these young people out there 
not be absorbed. And let's be honest, a lot of parents, more parents will be listening to this than teenagers. So this goes just as much for parents and adults too. Any so, thoughts, uh, fellas? Go I'll Jason. go first. And then, then Rojo, you want to go? Then yeah, Casey, I got you. Okay. So I talk about this at my presentations because for me, I mean, hey, we talk about kids having this challenge. Parents have an even greater challenge, in my opinion, because we're trying to tell the kids what not to do while we're t looking at our phone, telling them what not to do. <laughs> and so I say that as quickly as this phone can connect you to the world, it can just as quickly disconnect you from your family. Ooh. So that's my first concept is to say to the parents that are listening to me, what is your promise to your family with this phone? And one of the things I've had to do for myself, which hopefully is an example to my children, I don't know if they've implemented it, but I, I only share this with the audience and say, look, for me to keep control of things, I found that my addictive personality makes it so that if it's on my phone at all times, I will be on it at all, all times. I have a hard time keeping the boundaries from myself and I'm an adult. So what I do, I do not have the apps on my phone. I only load them when I have something to say or share. Social media, uh, a lot of people just get stuck in doom scrolling, and I get stuck there too. So I say, unless I have something to share, comment, or like on there, I'm going to load the, I'm going to actually load the app. I have to do Facebook first in order to do Instagram. And so then I go in, I find what I'm going to do, I create my post, I post, I like, I send, I share, I delete the app. For me, that's the boundaries that I've had to set up for myself. And even though a lot of teens and kids would never do that, or uh, even parents, I do know many men that have said to me that changed my life as a dad, knowing how to be fully present with my kids just by choosing when I'm going to go on that app and be fully present. So for me, that's how I've uh, allowed it to not absorb me. Because it, it will, and it can. Go ahead, Rojo, you're up. Well, real quick, <clears throat> Jason, you touched pot right upon what I said as far as like that easy accessibility. And so you created an extra hoop for you to jump through, which you're less likely to jump through those hoops. And they talk about that on social media. People are less likely once they see, um, you know, with clickbait. They, they click on something that has this huge topic. It's just something that's like so dramatic. And you're reading it, reading it, reading it. And you're like, it's really nothing there. Right. It's, it's like, they're just trying to keep your eyes on it. And so eventually if you hear something that's dramatic, you read it, you're not going to take the time to do the research on it because that would take time and effort to try to figure out if it's right, good or true or not. So if you just get something caught in your attention, you get it caught in your web and you start thinking about it, it's easy to create dissension. And they were talking about the political dissension and polarization in our society because people they'll hear this crazy stuff like, why would Republicans do this? How come Democrats are so stupid? This is what they talk about on, on, the, on the, the movie, The Social Dilemma. And instead of doing the research to see if those people actually really said that, it's just so empowering and creates such an emotional response that now you're going to go down a rabbit hole of more information just like that. And so that easy accessibility by you removing one of those options and make it you have to re-download, you better have a really good reason to go to that social media app. Otherwise, you're not going to take the time to jump through those extra couple of hoops. So That's thank right. you, Jason. Yeah, man. And I, I only, I'm only loading it on there right before I do an event so that I can share that I'm at the event. And I'll literally take it off during the event and I'll reload it if I have to after in order to interact with some people. But I have some very strict boundaries for myself. And, it, and I do make it difficult on me 
because I know that I can, Hey man, if you're an alcoholic and you have a bunch of alcohol in your house, you're going to drink it. Yeah. Or if you live across the street from your favorite bar, like that's your neighborhood bar. That's really hard. So, uh, Rojo and case guy, I want you to answer this. And I don't know if this will help you at all, but one thing I was thinking, like, what if a kid came to you, like one of the kids, you guys coach and say, Hey coach, man, like what's going on? Like, man, I'll just like, Oh, just like people drama on social media, this and that. I want to get off social media. Like it's just, but it's maybe when your players got their feelings hurt from a post, maybe there's a game, they post something, people start hating on them. Maybe they're just venting you about the frustrations of social media and you could see that it was absorbing them. Um, what were some, what would be some things that you would say to them? Because I've seen you guys at coaches. I know as coaches, sometimes we've got to help kids realize what's reality and just what's their feelings. You know, like, yeah, that sucks. And these fools aren't even important people to you in the first place. You know, have you had conversations like that? Or what are some of your thoughts on like that type of scenario with the teenager, like just really struggling? Like, what would you say? Now, if you're going to say something else, go ahead and say that. But that just made me think about you guys as coaches, though. Like if you had a teenager come up to you and complain that they're struggling. Yeah, I was I was going to say something uh, different. But like what, ahead, Jason ahead, yeah. was, what Jason was going by, like, like, man, that that's that's the advice that I'm about to take for myself because it's tough and like for a, for a teenager like it's easy for us to say hey just delete it but you know we got to lead by our actions as adults and as role models coaches you know as our podcast we have to be able to be okay with being vulnerable and saying what we're not good at so to hear what jason just said i feel like that's something that i'm going to start putting into myself because i always put a timer i put a timer on on my social media stuff i put a timer because I have caught myself as an adult, I've caught myself going down the rabbit hole. Like you was just mentioning, like yeah. exactly what you was just saying, cause it's like, you're looking at one post and then that post leads you to another post. Then it leads you to something else. Then it leads you to something else. Then all of a sudden you like sitting there like, what was the first thing I was on here trying to do? Yeah. What was I even looking for to begin with? Yeah. What was, <laughs> I, yeah, what was the main purpose of me on here? See, so me as an adult, I know that I have done that. So for a child, no, not a child for a teenager, you know, I know it's tough for them because you have social media everywhere. You have somebody that you can't just say like, I'm going to just kick it. I'm going to just delete it and not do anything with it because you might have your best friend. that's like, Hey, did you see this post that he posts? Or do you see this post that she posts? And it like makes you go back on it. So, I mean, the, not to, the way that I'm operating on it is pretty much doing a timer because I have my son on timer when it comes to playing video games, comes to his phones. I have a timer on there. So for me to tell my son that you got to have a timer, I got to have a, I, I, I have to have a timer as a grown man as well, because it can happen. And you, you just fall into the, you fall into the rabbit hole and you're just deep. And when you're too deep, you're unproductive. Like it's like you, you didn't did anything all day. And then all of a sudden that five minute post that you was looking at, it turns into an hour without you even knowing and then, and then you're late, into, then you're stressed about then something, you're then you're running behind, yeah? Yes, you're running behind, you're late. All of a sudden, your mind is just like, you're, you're in panic mode because you got caught up in some social media stuff that really don't have anything that, to do with you. It don't have anything to, it don't change who you are. It don't change your schedule. So it's like, you're, you're behind. So yes, I say timer. I, my biggest thing is putting a timer on it. And if you don't believe that you can put a timer on it, you can go right to Instagram, right to the settings. Yep. And oh, it yeah. says you can put a timer on it. So you can do a timer. Like people set alarms, multiple alarms. You could put multiple timers where you can put a timer on, on your Instagram. 
timer on your phone, a timer on your iPhone, like whatever you got, like just put a timer so it can remind you to like, hey, take a break because being involved and seeing face-to-face interaction is something that we've been missing. And I'm not blaming the pandemic, but that played a big part into making a lot of people feel like they need to be a part or need to not have that interaction when interaction is, is one of the best things to have in your life, especially as a teenager or as a child is one of the best things to have. Oh, for real. Preach, Rojo. Well said. Well said. I love it. Love it. Okay. What, what are some of your thoughts? Man, you guys kind of like just, just rallied it all on up, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, just to kind of going back to, you know, what, what Rojo said, time allocation is important. And so if a kid comes to me as I'm their coach and a player comes to me and asks me, hey, coach, how can I not absorb as much social media? Obviously, I want to assess the situation and seeing how long he does it for. Yeah. Like, okay, if you had to estimate how long you look at it for is it three hours two hours and then from there like, okay let's take a let's wind that back at least an hour right you know yeah. depending on what the time is just kind of slowly weaning them off of the social media and how much they absorb and then figuring out what is it or what type of contact I mean content they are looking at right whether it's yeah. informational content content is it just drama stuff that they're looking at because I also think social media can be a good tool, you know, for, for yeah. instance, like um, seeing these virtual trainers, right? You know, a lot of my players, they look up individuals that do a lot of uh, training online. And so they spend a lot of time researching, looking at it in that essence. So it just depends on where their energy is pointing to in regards to like the social media content that they're looking up. So if it's productive, cool. I like that. Let's keep on going in there. But if it's unproductive, let's try to minimize that time a little bit more. But you're right, though. There's got to be guardrails, and time is a big one because as, us as adults, we have a hard time regulating. I mean, we get lost in the sauce just as much as anyone else. And I like what Rojo said, too. It's like hypocrisy knows no bounds. Like, if we want to be an example to our kids and we're like, get off your phone, and they're like, well, you're always on your phone. Well, I'm doing it for work. Every time I bring up this topic and we watch The Social Dilemma in my high school class, we do this assignment after this assignment. So many kids narc out their parents for being addicted to social media. In fact, some of them will say that they're not on social media because they had such a bad experience with their parent being disconnected from them. Our kids are in competition when they're really young with our attention with our phones. So they're constantly trying to, Hey dad, look at me. Hey, this, 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 this. And as parents, when we're working, just like with our kids, it's so hard to, to differentiate between entertainment and productive work because they overlap on our phones. You get a notification from an email that could be a big business opportunity, and then you get a notification of some stupid like meme or reel your buddy sent to you that you go down a rabbit hole for an hour of watching the stupid funny stuff where you didn't need to laugh for an hour. It just caught your attention and drew mm -hmm. you away from responding to that email that you could actually made money from. And so for us to be able to have our own fine line in the sand, I think that's the best thing that we could do to be an example. But I think what you guys said for this young person is paramount and key. You have to have fail safes. You have to create ways for you to not fail. And whether it be timers, whether it be having to download your phone again, I know notifications are a huge thing. I tell all the kids, turn off your notifications. If your notifications are on, you're a slave. Your phone is calling you out. Your phone's like, no, you can't, you can't focus on your schoolwork. No, you can't do your chores. No, you can't do this. You got to be more paying attention to this. And because of our brain psychology, human beings cannot 
totally act like we just don't care what other people are thinking about us or if they're talking about us. We, ha- we are hardwired to be like, wait, what'd they just say? what just happened? It's called the psychology of maybe. Maybe you're going to win. Maybe someone's going to mention you in a positive light. Maybe you're going to get an accolade. Maybe you're going to get an attaboy. <laughs> Maybe you're going to get something. But the majority of the time, it's just small, brittle pieces of just dopamine, like just small little hits of something that just don't even matter. So we're going to go and wrap it up on that one. Thank you guys for weighing in. The OG team weighed in, you guys. Whoever's listening to this podcast, just let you know. This ain't called BG therapy. This is OG therapy. BG's baby gangsters. These are original gangsters, okay? <laughs> These are guys that have been there. Done. Did you notice all of, our, all of our examples were from our own past failures, right? Realizing that ourselves. So thank you guys for weighing in on that. Thank you for your answer, uh, for sending in the question. For you teens, for you parents, just remember, when stress, anxiety, depression, financial issues, when anything in your life's got you down on your knees saying, please, don't forget you can always come listen to your OGs. Until next time, have a good one. And be cool.